Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Confidence Project. I'm your host, Kimberly Hill, and this podcast is all about life and dating and relationships and navigating this intoxicatingly tricky world that we are all in. I want to bring you humor. I want to bring you fun. I want to bring you practical advice that you can apply right away in your lives and your dating lives and in your relationships. So thank you all for tuning in. I look forward to bringing you another episode. What are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Confidence Project. I am your host, Kimberly Hill, and I'm bringing on a friend and, well, a former guest as well, Ben Redman, who's a licensed professional counselor and connection coach. He's very much a lover of the outdoors, a divorced, a single father of two vivacious girls aged 10 and 12, one which has Down syndrome. He teaches people how to connect with their loved ones by guiding them to heal the wounds that obstruct connection so they can connect with themselves and deepen their connection with their partners, children, family, and friends. His coaching clients include parents of kids with ADHD and special needs, fathers, divorcing dads, and CEOs. And I'm stoked to have him back on the show. Now, before I introduce Ben to you, just want to remind you guys that if you are looking for an ideal partner, you really want to get into a loving, deeply connected relationship, yet you know that something's holding you back. Maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe it's feeling like you're not sure how to relate to women these days. Maybe it's because you're dating again after a long-term relationship and just dating has changed drastically. And you know you maybe need just a little perspective, accountability, and guidance. Well, that is exactly what I am here to do. So if you are interested in booking a complimentary consultation with me, I've got a couple of spots opening for the summer to take on some private one-on-one clients so that I can help you overcome some of these challenges in a fun and lighthearted way, as well as getting to the stuff that really does matter so that you can show up and have the kind of dating experiences you really want to have. They're going to lead you to a healthy relationship. Now, one other little thing I want to remind you guys that I am starting a YouTube channel. It's been a few weeks in the work, recording, editing, post-production, all that kind of good stuff. Um, And I do have a little goal to try and hit 500 subscribers before I go live. I think I'm just over 300. So if you guys are interested in some longer form content, similar to, you know, to the podcast here and a much more detail than what I provide on social media, then head over to YouTube and give me a little subscribe as well as hit the bell so that you know when my first video is going live. Now, I'm excited, so let's bring on Ben. Well, hello, Ben. Welcome back to the show. What's going on? Not much, not much. Happy to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Well, I'm excited to chat with you. I can't even remember how long ago it was we chatted previously. I'm going to wager like at least a year and a half. Yeah, right around there, I think. Right around there. Like, right around like there? Beginning of January or yeah, beginning of 2022. Well, that's how crazy time has flown by. And I guess that means I've been, how long have I been doing this show? If I have 152 episodes, one a week, 52 weeks a week. Like that's almost going into three years now of doing this. What the heck am I yeah, doing? Yeah, that's like your three year <laughs> anniversary. Like yeah. in, in, in four more episodes, 156, right? There you go. That was the my, math. I, my, 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 my mental math is poor. Yeah, perfect. Math. 
Well, good enough. You know, you just need to be able to throw an answer out there. (laughs) (laughs) That actually reminds me of this. I'm just going on a tangent immediately. My girlfriend, Hannah, when she was interviewed for a broking job, because I worked in financial derivatives before, and she got the job before me, and then she brought me into the firm. But I remember she told me about her interview, and she had met some of these brokers like out drinking, and then they offered her the job. That's kind of how that industry works. Mm -hmm. And they brought her in. She was super hungover. And they started asking her math questions. What's this times this? What's this plus this? Because as a broker, you got to work with numbers all the time. And Hannah just told me, she just fucking threw answers out. Whether they were accurate or not, the guy interviewing her was like, I like your confidence. Like you're hired basically. (laughs) So sometimes you just got to answer confidently and just roll with it, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, someone said to me, you're so confident. I'm like, really? I'm like, Okay, that's awesome. I'm happy to hear yep. that. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's when you just speak with authority, right? You speak as if there is no other alternative. Yeah, it's going to be exactly three years. Yes. And it's like, okay, yes. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. amazing at mental math. Yeah, good for you. Well, okay, so I'm excited because today our kind of overarching plan, and we'll see how well you and I can stick to it, because I know, you know, we've already gone on a tangent already, but what we really want to unpack and talk about today is, well, mainly connection. What the heck does it mean? Maybe even why we have lost it, how we can perhaps even begin to think about regaining it in our lives um, and see where that takes us. So Ben, share with me a little bit about why just the idea of connection has become so important to you. And so two-part question, because, you know, podcast hosts do this all the time. We confuse our guests. (laughs) Why is connection so important to you? Um, and, and what does it even mean to you as well? Um, so my pen suddenly decided to stop working. Nice pen. Yeah. <laughs> Great timing. Pencil. Um, Sometimes so we need pencil. to use simple yes. tools. There we go. Um, so, so sorry, what are the two points? Yeah. Well, let's go the other way. What, what, what is it and why is it important, right? Yeah. What is okay. connection? Like, what does it mean to you and why is it so important? So, so yeah, so the way I see connection is, you know, um, connections like that great feeling when you're with a loved one and you just like, you're relaxed and you just feel like you're there with them. And if you Mm -hmm. asked me like 15 years ago, what's connection, I would have been like, Oh, it's, you know, it's like that feeling you get, you know, when, after you've done like a big journey, like a, you gone backpacking with some friends, you've, you've worked on, on a, a event, you've done something together. Um, and you feel connected, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, also what connection is, and, and I think I'd like to talk first about, especially with, with guys, about what connection is, is not. Because a lot mm-hmm. of times, you know, in some relationships, guys will, like, uh, uh, their partner will be like, hey, they'll be talking, they'll be upset about something. They'll be like, where are you? And they're like, I'm right wow. here. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, no, you're here, but you're not present. And the guy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And the guy's head, he's like, this person's nuts. They yeah. are coconuts, right? <laughs> I'm and, here. What if she can't see me? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're not listening to me. Yeah. You're not here. And he repeats back verbatim what she just said the past mm-hmm. like 15 minutes. And 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 us guys, since we're not trained in connection, we're not taught connection at all, we don't know what, what the other person's talking about. And so what that is, is that um connection how we connect is like first we have to connect with ourselves which i realize is a foreign concept that i'll get into in a moment and then as we connect with ourselves then we're able to connect to the other person Mm -hmm. um 
and you know women you know et, you know estrogen driven systems biological systems are really aware of this because um testosterone makes human tissue bigger stronger more aggressive generally estrogen uh makes human tissue smaller uh less strong but more social uh, more integrated into the social network mm. because um you know because you know what what the and i just want to say like there's millions of women who could totally kick my ass i'm not I'm, <laughs> yeah yeah I i'm get talking it, about I broad generalities yeah and it um, is like generally men are bigger and stronger than women generally that's yeah, how it goes that's what yeah. testosterone does yeah you know and so and so um but women rely on so on connection and social mm -hmm. connection to feel secure and so uh, Alison Armstrong once said, <laughs> I'm totally going riffing on this. Alison Armstrong said, like, men are like tigers. And it's great to have a tiger in your house because it protects you from all the other tigers who are around. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that you live with a tiger. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That can be a little scary, right? <laughs> right. And yeah. so, so especially anyways. they're hungry. Especially if they're hungry <laughs> or grumpy or tired. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and so what happens is that, like, so connecting is like kind of like feeling the other person, but um, it is you connect with your body and then you, you look at this person and you feel them. And mm. it is it's hard to actually fully describe, but like, I guess it's, it's empathy, right? Mm. You feel what they're going through. So in this example I gave, the guy did not know what his partner was not connected to her experience. Yeah, he was hearing the words but he wasn't in tune with her, with her right. body. Because as we know, like communication is, you know, there's different people that give it different percentages, but up to 80% of our communication is communicated through our body language, our tone and our facial expressions, not just the words we were saying. So you can be a great guy, right? And repeat back verbatim everything she said, but she still feels like you're not listening to her. Because yeah. all the other components might not be adding up. You're not in attunement. You're not even, you know, connect, connected or mirroring your partner. And I think that's really important, right? Right. If she's like, yeah, I feel like my boss is sexually harassing me and doing these things. And you're like, yeah, your boss is sexually harassing you and doing all this stuff. Like that's. Yeah. Like <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Swift kick in the balls. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, not really, but metaphorically. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, but some may, perhaps, yeah. um, depending on the relationship. So, um, but, and so why is it important? And I think I sort of answered that, like, it's important because it helps us feel safe. Mm -hmm. It helps us feel secure. Yeah. Right. And really, as I continue working as a coach and as a therapist, what I find is that the a number one thing you can do in your relationship and for your children, because I work with a lot of dads and parents is like make f create an environment where you're, where the other person feels secure mm -hmm. because without a feeling of safety, uh, we can't, and we can't learn well, we can't heal well, we can't connect well. Yeah. And I think that's important. Like, cause when people think of creating a safe environment, they might start thinking of the, the outward things like, is the, you know, the couch comfortable? Is your partner not like in an enraged mood? Like, do you feel like your, your physical safety is intact? And that's a part of it. Right. But it's also, do I feel safe enough to open up to this person is the trust there between us. And that will erode really quickly. Right. If we haven't mm -hmm. spent connected time together, 
if um you know we we're kind of living our lives too independently from each other like we lose that ability to want to even open up to our partner because we feel like well they don't know me they don't know me anymore we're growing apart right right yeah right yeah and i think actually um because we feel so emotionally insecure it's manifesting in our culture is like we need to be more physically secure so let's buy guns right or let's get rid of guns right you know the two sides of the aisle and so it's yeah you know and and so what we're looking for is emotional security that when that when that guy comes home from work and he's exhausted Mm -hmm. you know um that may trigger the other the the woman to be like oh oh god like he's angry at me Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know yeah we personalize he's not connected he's not safe yeah. And and for guys, it's a, it can be really difficult to connect in those moments. But I, I guess that's in a relationship. And we're talking about getting into relationships more so, yeah. you know. And so, you know, I realize that, like, what I'm talking about to the uninitiated, not that there's a formal initiation, but to the guys who don't know about connection, they're like, what are you talking about? And and the 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 doorway to connection is um through vulnerability Hmm. sorry guys (laughs) the dreaded v word that we all hate what can we we call it instead what's another way let me see what's another word for oh i got another it's another word vagina ability vagina (laughs) uh yeah okay i think the guys are gonna like that less Mm. pregnable what pregnable 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 Yeah, or yeah. Well, I don't like that is, one either. They only know. <laughs> accessible. Accessible. I like that one. Accessible. Well, Are you accessible? Right? Can you access another person and can you be accessed? I like that. Maybe that's better than the vulnerability. Not that yeah. we need to shame the word. It's a great word. And well, I, I think even like, I think we would go to accessible soon, but I want to look at vulnerability for a second mm. because vulnerability is equated with weakness. Right. Yeah. To be vulnerable means that you are not impregnable, that like someone could like breach your walls and get in. Right. Right. Yeah. But if our walls are up, we can't connect with someone else. That's right. If you have a moat around your home, no one's coming in. Right. No one's coming in. Yeah. And so who are the most vulnerable people, you know, in our society uh, or like in our even in our stories and our mythology? Like they are uh, people in the armed services and Mm -hmm. firemen. Right. Yeah. And we, yeah. we like we love these two. We love firemen. We love we love people in the armed services. I mean, I'm in West Virginia, so we especially love them. But we also love like the superheroes. We love that Spider-Man goes into like danger and he's risking death. Right. Yeah. He is not. He is putting himself into a very vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so and our heroes are actually people who make themselves vulnerable to death marcus aurelius marcus aurelius good example very vulnerable in Mm -hmm. how he portrayed himself his connection with his wife that he lost and how you know he put himself in danger because of what he wanted to achieve and as he was made himself very very vulnerable right yeah 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 and 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 so like and and so and that vulnerability opens us up to being hurt you know, but yeah. it is not a sign. It does not equate to weakness. Um, it, it, it equates to actually bravery. 
I agree with that. Although I I want to play devil's advocate for a minute because I think, you know, when we have been vulnerable with somebody, when we've opened ourselves up, when we have shared something or whether it's something about our past or something we aspire to be or something we are struggling with, there have been many times when we have done that with someone who wasn't receptive to us. Mm -hmm. And they would have then made us associate vulnerability with failure, destruction, hurt, damage, failed relationship. So we, we learn to then associate vulnerability as that weakness, as that dangerous thing. And so there's a lot of people that have, you know, had experiences that have reinforced that it can be a very dangerous thing. And I think that's why many of us have chosen to shut down that parts of ourselves because we do not want to re-experience hurt. And so I think it's really important to address that. You you may not want to be vulnerable with everybody, right? There's also a time and a place and the right kinds of people. And so it's how do you establish like trust and safety with someone before you then kind of expose yourself. Cause you're not just going to walk out there and just be vulnerable with everybody that you come across. I think, I think I, this is my thought that that could be a recipe for disaster, right? (laughs) Because you know, not everybody is in the right place, mind frame or knows you or likes you or cares for you enough to be receptive to your vulnerability. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and that's actually something because when I'm working, when doing therapy uh with boys you know fifth grade sixth grade middle school high school i we talk about and we practice feeling sadness right Mm -hmm. and and crying and i say crying it's a great crying the purpose of sadness is to feel the pain and get it out of you and the tears also are a social cue to other people to come to support you yeah and i say "Uh, but you know if someone's picking on you in school and you feel sad Mm-hmm. don't cry that's not a safe place it's that's not right. safe yeah. you got to choose where you you actually you know lower the walls you got to be right. careful about that yeah we do have to be somewhat selective and we don't want to again go to any extreme where we're then so selective and again we become really closed off it's like what actually makes you feel like mm-hmm. you can trust someone what conditions are being met for you that makes you feel like you can open up to somebody. And I think that's going to be different for everyone and includes, you know, being able to follow our own intuition and have life experience too. And sometimes we'll make the mistake and we'll learn from it. Right. We'll think, Oh, maybe this feels safe to open up to this person and it doesn't go well. Well, we want to make sure we don't associate that as okay. Vulnerability is something I shouldn't do. It's like, okay, maybe this isn't the right person. It doesn't mean that someone else might not be. So what were the conditions that weren't met there? That made me realize, well, that's not the right person for me right? to, right. to open up with, right? I don't yeah. know. I think that's like, you know, our own ability to kind of learn and grow and adapt as human beings. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, you know, the other thing about uh, like vulnerability is that like, while I just am explaining it as an intellectual concept, um, it is not like, and so I'm not expecting guys to be like, oh, actually vulnerability is courage. All right, dude, like I'm going to get vulnerable and like, mm-hmm you know, start talking to women about like my soft spots. Um, (laughs) You know, that's also not going to happen very easily necessarily because um, we have been unconsciously trained not Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable, you know, from when we're little boys, like don't be a little girl when we cry. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And so, so that that's what you know what I what is called uh, affect phobia, a mm. fear of emotion, right? A uh, fear, and so, but yeah, I mean, to um, what you said, like, what makes you feel you can trust someone? Yeah. Because you know, we get into these, we get into you know multiple relationships be- before we get into the one that we hope is our last relationship. And, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know that you can ever actually, you're never, that's never a hundred percent. No, I don't think anyone is ever 100%. But the things I would consider looking out for, like when you're trying to decide whether this is the right person to be open and vulnerable with is somebody who their words line up with their actions over Mm -hmm. time, right? That would make me feel Mm -hmm. like I can trust somebody. Um, I could feel like I could trust somebody if they also had the ability to open up with us. Like, it'd be difficult for me to be vulnerable with my partner if he was never vulnerable with me, because that would start to feel like one sided in a way. So for me to trust him, it's like, I want that reciprocity of that openness that would make me feel trusting of a partner. So, you know, words in alignment with actions, as well as reciprocity and that openness, Um, And I think trust for me would also um, include just even like the mannerisms of an individual. I can imagine that uh, if I had a partner that um, moved really quickly all the time or was really like fussing around me, I I don't think that would create the foundation for like uh, trust in that moment because, you know, someone just feels like a tornado around you. Mm -hmm. And, And so that that's just like spitballing the things that I'm thinking about that would make me feel like that wouldn't be the right time as well. So I think timing is really important. So how do you know, like even the time is right. So those are the kind of things that I think about when, you know, I think, how do I learn to trust somebody? And and I think that also trust develops over time. I think we give out trust very easily to people, but I also believe that like when you start to see someone's pattern of behavior and that they are an individual who is consistent, that makes me feel like I can trust them. But right. if I had a partner that was very inconsistent, like really soft and tender one time, but like really frazzled another time, and I never knew what version I was going to get at him at the end of the day, that would make me feel like I can't quite trust this or I don't really know this individual. So I think for me, whether it's right or wrong, a little bit of that consistency builds trust in, in my mind. And those are how I believe trust to, to manifest in my relationship. I think it's worth people critically thinking about how do they trust somebody because I think a lot of guys mm-hmm. and the guys that I, I talk to that are struggling even in, in early days of dating are trusting the other person like wholeheartedly very quickly. And I'm not saying, you know, you know, don't trust somebody. Like I'm never saying be the opposite, but like learn to understand who someone is over a bit of time before you completely give all of yourself to them. I think it is a mistake to open up too quickly with someone you've only just met, especially if you're looking to form a romantic connection. I think you need to hold just a little part of yourself back as you get to know and see whether or not someone is consistent and whether or not you feel that trust is developing between you. Yeah. And I'd say like, even like in my experience, you know, in relationships, it's been like, well, one, let's just say that like when we're vulnerable, we make a, we make it more safe for the other person to be vulnerable yeah. and be reciprocal. And so mm-hmm. if we are vulnerable and there is no reciprocity, 
and that vulnerability, then we're like, oh. Yeah, right. now I kind of feel like, oh, I again, it's like I kind of feel like that weak person that yeah. just like spilled all her issues and everyone's just like looking at me, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And I think it's it's about like, you know, not not spilling all the issues, spilling the issues like one at a time, like and then letting letting the other person spill the issue their issues, right? Yes. Because that is like, you know, I mean, this has happened to you, I'm sure. I mean, people come up to you on the street or like you're like at the grocery, I was at the grocery store and a woman was telling me all of her problems. And I was just like, whoa, lady. Like, I, like, I'm like, I can't wait to get out of the grocery store. Like, yeah, I get because that. It's repelling. People, yeah. And, and that's, I don't think that's the same thing as vulnerability, but that is, that is like, uh, I guess, a vulnerability to the extreme. It is like, you like, know, and then you call that maybe oversharing, right? Or a yeah. tra- trauma dump, perhaps. Right. Or just <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know you and just please check my food, check my food out. Yeah, that's why I I do kind of say like something to be mindful of. Maybe it's a yellow flag. Maybe it's a a red flag for guys. But if you go on a date with a woman and the first like the the conversation is all around her past and the issues she's had and like she's got issues with men and all her ex-partners, you know, didn't treat her well. It's like I as a guy would move very quickly away from that. But a lot of guys move towards it. They go, oh, well, I'll make her see me differently. And it's like, where did men get this idea that they need to change the entire perception of men in this woman's mind? Like, good, good luck with that. It's like, move away from that because it's not like that's a bad person. It's just that person has some shit to deal with. And you are looking for a romantic partner, not a therapy client. Right. It's like, kind of like, it's kind of like wanting to be the superhero. Like I want to be Tony yeah. Stark, you know? Exactly. Like, it's like, I'm, I'm going to fix this. And if I do, right. then I can feel a sense of achievement. And it's like, when did yeah. we start setting these very difficult missions for ourselves <laughs> in love? <Anyways>. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also like, I think it's just like something, you know, in, in, in the like male archetype that like to be the hero mm-hmm. and like in so many different situations. I mean, I, I definitely have that in my, in my makeup. I feel like with age, it's fading a little bit. I'm like, yeah, well, a little more shit. indifference. Fuck, fuck yeah. Like that's your problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yep. You know? Um, so, you know, but, but that is something I think, especially in younger men, like, oh, I'm going to save her. Mm-hmm, like the How fixer romantic. mentality yeah, yeah yeah right yeah I'll make her change the way I had to google it the other day because I was writing some content and I went well I know the word misogynist right but I'm like what the heck is the opposite of that and I think it's misandrist misandrist yeah misandrist is when women have like a hatefulness towards all men and I went there are women out there that are that way so be mindful of when that starts to creep up right yeah and it's not your job to change her mind and solve her issues with men like you do not want to go down that road yeah and this might be jumping jumping the gun a little bit but i know that one thing that we're going to talk about is is like how how do men learn yeah how to connect and i'm going to talk about men's groups and also you know something that we're we're playing around with like the idea of like a -hmm. men's group involving you Mm -hmm. um and, and so, and so, and the reason why, and, you know, traditionally men's groups are like, no, we're not going to have women in them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because there's a lot of misandry out there mm-hmm. or misandry. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'd say it's not used as often, but it's exists, yeah. right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, 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 and so, and so like, you don't want to have a misandrinist. Perfect. Um, it works it, for me. Yeah. In, in the group, you don't, because, and so the reason why I, I, I would say, I, I was like, Oh, you could definitely be in the group because I mm. know that you love men. Mm-hmm. Right. And so many women, I mean, what I, I was in a, I was in a, a fatherhood group um, with uh, Dan Doty and, and I actually, they asked me to come in to speak one day um, about it's for men who are about to be fathers. Mm. And my sister, she does um, postnatal care. She's got a background in Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine. And so I invited her in mm-hmm. to this and, and she spoke for like a half hour, 15 minutes. And her response was like, oh my God. And she, I think she likes men a lot. You know, she loves <laughs> us. You know, I would never conceive of her as a misandrinist, but, um, but she, <laughs> we got to figure out how to say that. <laughs> I kind of like just messing it up over and over yeah, again. <laughs> um, but she said to me, she's like, like afterwards, she's like, she's like, that was such a breath, breath of fresh air. Yeah. And and like what she's like well just these guys they're thinking so much about taking care of their women mm-hmm. yeah and they're, they are. They're, their moms and, and their children and and she's like i just really i just never see that amongst you know men other than my husband and i yeah and i think it, it is it's not something that that we put on display sadly and i understand why right just because of the mentality and how men were raised how boys were raised um So, you know, for guys that are out there that are wanting to, like, I think most men have a goal of wanting to feel very deeply connected to their partners, but it's about, I don't really know how to do it. So they are trying all these things and that could be, well, I'll do more around the house or I'm going to earn more money Mm -hmm. because then she'll feel more connected to me or I'm going to uh my partner power washed my deck the other day i'm sure he did it because he knows it's helpful but he probably was like this is my way of contributing and to feel connected to my partner Mm -hmm. right and it's like well what are the things that if you're thinking and you're listening on this show yourself right now it's like what are the things you as a man are doing in order to try and connect to a woman think about it critically think about the certain specific actions you are taking to try and connect with your partner that maybe don't involve what Ben and I have been speaking about, which is that opening oneself up and having that really connected in tune moment with the individual. What are all of the things that you are exhausting yourself doing in order to get connection? I think it's a good question to ask ourselves, right? Right. And and that is very much, that's very much in the realm of like the mind, the thinking mm-hmm. brain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what can I do? Yeah. And, and in fact, connection has nothing to do with actually the mind and, yeah. and thoughts, because, you know, just going back to the example of the woman being mad at her husband or her partner because he wasn't present, mm-hmm. what's happening is that she's upset and he's not comfortable with her being upset. So he gets scared. Mm-hmm. And when we get scared, well, actually, let's. When we get scared, we go into our head. Let's just yeah. go. Let's just talk about embodiment for a second. Okay. Um, so we embodiment is the ability to, is when we are feeling our body, right? So in this moment, um, 
you know, my hands are cold and a little clammy. My, my feet are on, on the tile floor and they're cold. Um, I feel some tension in my shoulders. It's warm in this room. I'm a little hot. I feel sweaty mm-hmm. in the armpits, uh, TMI maybe, but like I, and I feel a tension in my like belly, right. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I'm embodied, right. I'm mm-hmm. feeling my body. Um, and that is like, that is me being connected to my body. And until we are able to feel ourselves and be in our body and feel our physical experience and connect with that, we cannot connect with the other person. Yeah. When we're in our head, we can't really connect. I mean, I'll, I'll, like when I'm, you know, like my, my girlfriend will like, we'll be making love. And she, I don't know how I know this, but she tells me hmm. like, she can tell when I'm in my head. Yeah, of course you can. The energy can, drastically changes. Yeah. And she can tell when I'm just in my body, hmm. you know, and I'm like, how, what? And you know, <laughs> I, I can tell it a little bit. I can tell it too though, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm connected Yeah, and I can feel when she's no longer there with me. Mm-hmm. 100%. And how do you explain that? It's just, it is just a feeling of being in tune with your partner or understanding that the other person is distracted. They're in their head. They're not focusing on what's happening or the lovemaking because they're legitimately thinking about um, the pillow that fell off the bed or the yeah. dishes that need to be done or the kids that are in the other room that we might wake up or what, whatever it is. It's like you are no longer present and having a mindful maybe that's a good word mindful connection you are you're elsewhere or you're you're detached from your body right Right. and 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 like the male version of that is like like oh am am i am i like you know touching her the right way is this making Mm -hmm. her happy is it like Mm -hmm. thinking about oh these are the next steps i'm in my in my progression to hopefully her orgasm you know Mm -hmm. you know and then what's happening is actually by doing that you're you're you could be very well distancing yeah her because she doesn't feel safe yeah or she yeah she's losing that connection to you because she recognizes and can feel that you're in your head and not with her right yeah. mm-hmm. yes I always like it when I'm explaining this with a woman because I'm a, I'm a man and I don't really know it so, <laughs> so i'm like yeah yeah what you said yeah you know? are you with like, me is the question are you with me mm-hmm. it's a yes or a no it's yeah. simple there isn't even a half with me or half not it's are you there or are you somewhere else and a woman will know 100 percent. she will know yeah she yeah. may care less times than other times but she will know right right yeah i mean especially like yeah there's like you know fun you know fun like you know mm-hmm. having sex in a public shady place like yeah wild you know yeah. and that's not so important there you know yeah, it's not so important there's... there yeah fair enough they're kind of like how we're having fun we're both kind of distracted but we're doing the really? thing and that's the exciting feeling and actually that's somewhat creating a connection because at least our maybe our emotions are in tune in yeah. a way Right. But then, yeah, then there's the romantic, more connected. And mm-hmm. that is blatantly obvious if you're there or not. Yeah. Right. That's like, we're being nutty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that bonds you <laughs> in a way because you're somewhat in tune with 
at least the emotions you're feeling, right? right. You're maybe not thinking about the other person or your body, but you're, there's some, there's some attunement there. I would, I would wager, but I, I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. There, there's this excitement of yes. danger, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, um, it's, it's, um, so when I, um, and the, and so it's really difficult, I think, um, I, I actually, I don't, I can't speak to this. You could probably speak to this better, but in my head, I think it's probably more difficult for women to teach men how to connect with themselves and, um, like consciously. And so when we have a, a men's group, what happens is that like the guy connects with, you, you slow the guys down into their body with like a body scan meditation or something like mm. that. So they connect into their body, they connect with their body and then, you know, they feel what's going on in their body. They feel their emotions mm-hmm. and, and they speak to that. And that's not something that that's not what we're taught to do. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a lot of guys are like turning the podcast off right now, you know, yeah. but, but that is, but then what happens and it's, it's really beautiful every time it happens. It gives me chills. It gives me chills right now, but it gives me chills in the moment when it happens because one guy will get really vulnerable and talk about a way that he feels like he's crazy or insane because he's feeling really sad. Yeah. You hear that a lot. Yeah. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Like I'm going like when you start to feel your feelings and you haven't, you feel crazy. You feel like you're insane. Right. And the reason why is because you feel like you're the only one in the world having this experience. Yes. Yeah. And, and then what will happen is that like the guy, I, I just feel crazy feeling this and thinking this and I'll share it. And another guy will like start crying or something and it'll be like, oh my God, same thing for me. He's like, I have thought I was crazy my whole life for feeling that, yeah. you know? And so is that guy, the one first guy was made it safe by being vulnerable. And, mm-hmm. and then when we're around each uh, other guys who are doing this, um, you know, we see like, oh, it's actually not, it's not like weakness, it's strength, it's courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and work. there's a lot of guys, like you said, I'll tune out right now and be like, that's just a weird circle jerk, man. Like, I don't want to be part of that. And it's like, that's the guy that needs it the most. Right, On the right. Yeah, I haven't been a part of circle jerks, but I, they don't sound very <laughs> fun or connected. <laughs> no, oh God, no, not, I wasn't really visualizing it until you repeated it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. so reflective listening is another good way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to connect. Uh, Repeating uh, back. Yuck. Well, maybe yeah. some people like it, but whatever. Don't yuck someone else's yum. <laughs> but for us, yeah. yeah, but for me, eh. yeah. All right. So well, men's groups. Been a great, great, great podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So men's groups is one way for men to learn how to connect with themselves and then as a result connect with others and there is nothing weird or gay or wrong about feeling connected as a man to another man let's just put that on the table right now because i think when people feel like deep care and affection for someone of the same gender men in particular i would wager that it's like oh that's that's gay man and it's like no Mm -hmm. it's really not (laughs) So I don't know. I just want to throw that out there. And actually what's interesting is this is different in cultures. When I 
You know, a lot of people think British guys are really detached from their emotions. That's kind of a stereotype that I've picked mm -hmm. up over the many years, and I would agree with that in many aspects. But one of the things I noticed is this more brotherhood that I uh, witnessed when I lived in Australia and then in Singapore. In particular in Singapore, there are a lot of expats, and a huge portion of my friend group over there were, were British. They're from the UK. And they would bond a lot in rugby and touch football and all these sorts of things. And so these guys would actually have a little more contact with other men. And these guys I noticed, not gay at all, nothing wrong with gayness, but not gay at all, would give their buddies like a hug and be like, I love you, man. And they would connect in certain ways with each other physically. And I think that was really healthy for them. And even just being able to wrestle with another guy, and, and my partner just recently started, not even recently, he started jujitsu. I'm super proud of him. He like mm -hmm. had this goal, you know, apparently the hardest belt to get is your white belt because most people mm -hmm. never start. So he started, <laughs> he is going five times a week. He's progressed to first stripe, second stripe, third stripe, fourth stripe. Now he's on track to go for his blue belt. And he is rolling around on the floor with men five times a week. And yeah. learning a different element of being in his body and connecting with other guys in a different way. And I think that yeah. it's really amazing. And, you know, it's actually changing his chemistry, I've noticed. And it's changing certain elements of him in, I think, a really positive way. He's getting physical contact with other people. And I think yeah. that's also a part of connection, too. Think about a moment when you're fighting with your partner. Guys, if you're listening, you've been with a girl, you're like really upset and you're probably not anywhere near each other or touching. You're so upset that she's in the other side of the room and you're on the other side of the room. Mm -hmm. There's there's space in between you even creating a larger gap in connection. One of the things I found with my partner, we, I could be irate and he could be very detached because that's usually the way it goes. I'm in the anger and he's like, mm -hmm. I can't even feel my body. I feel crazy. That's right. how he feels. And if I dig deep and find the strength in me to move us closer, okay, and to look at him in the eye and to touch him, all of the shit melts away because yeah. we create that connection and we create that attunement because the argument, we are not connected. I'm thinking what I'm thinking. He's thinking what he's thinking. He gets detached. I get angry. We get further and further from each other in distance, in spirit, in mind and body and soul until one of us digs deep and finds right. a way to come closer to that person. And even if I just touch him on the shoulder and I smile and I look at him in the eye, he'll laugh because usually what we're arguing about is not even that important. And it right. dissolves whatever distance we've created and allows us to get more in tune with each other. And like a big hug can actually like dissolve all those nasty feelings and creates yeah. that connection. And if, if guys can do that, even with other guys, you know, and women do it with women and we do it with our partners, I think, I think we'd have a better world to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Simply um, put, but there, there's a lot there. I I just want to say like, um, what I found is that, and, and I, is that men, like the greatest pain and area of suffering in our lives is actually having so much love to give. Mm but not knowing how to give it. Yeah. You know, and I know when I've been like, I know with my buddy, like, and I see it, I see it with like um, my girlfriend's sons. And I see it. I remember like 
with my when I was in my 20s, we, me and my buddies would get drunk and we would wrestle because mm-hmm. then it was okay, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, we don't wrestle anymore because we're a little older. But like, but it is like guys don't have a lot of ways to mm-hmm. like show love and affection mm-hmm. with other men, mm-hmm. you know. And and we love we love our brothers, right? Yeah. I love the guys who I grew up with. I love the the men who I'm in groups with. You know, and and like it's it's that's hard, and um, and just to also be clear, like gay men, a, a lot of gay men also have great challenges yeah. with actually accessing their emotions and being embodied because it can be really traumatizing in our society to be gay. But what yeah. you're saying about your your about you and and your partner, um, yeah, I mean one like. <laughs> I always ask people, I'm like, have you ever convinced anyone they were wrong in an argument where you, you know, no, because that's the, that's the fallacy. We all believe that an argument is about, well, because we were taught that, by the way, that's what I believed an argument was because when I grew up, I went to a private school and I was on the debate team. It was oh, all yeah. about winning the argument and then oh. you were rewarded and you were told to be intelligent. You won and all's good. And so you believe that an argument has to be conveying points in order to then win. But that's mm-hmm. not what an argument with your partner is. That means that two of you are against each other versus fighting the issue. And so a good argument, it could be heated, but you're working to, with each other to solve the issue at hand versus yeah. fighting each other. And uh, that's why arguments are so awful because then we're fighting the person we love and that makes us even more passionate. <laughs> Right, right. And and so it is, it is like, and it, and a lot of times, you know, I've heard, Dan Doty, by the way, said like the biggest pain that men have is, is like not being able to show love. And I think Jason Gaddis, he says, he talks about this as like the connection disconnection cycle, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, we're connected. And then we have to disconnect because we go to work. Mm-hmm. And then we got to, we we're trying to reconnect or we become disconnected for maybe there's less stress in life mm-hmm. recently. And, and we're trying, one person's trying to reconnect, they get vulnerable and the other person either doesn't see it or slaps it away, yeah. you know, and then, and then we fight like, cause now you hurt my feelings and yeah. you always do this. That's right. And yeah. There you, you go. You never yeah. take care of me. You never yet. And so it's not, so now it's just like throwing barbs as opposed to, you know, actually connecting. Yeah. Except when we're hurt, we then, we then fling things at the other person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it was interesting, you know, if, if Dan quoted that, that's awesome. And, you know, the biggest struggle men have is, what did you say? How do you put it? Say it again. Yeah, I think it's like, like, some, like the biggest pain that men have is like having so much love to give yeah. and not knowing how to do it. Which is why I think fatherhood can be a beautiful change and shift for men. I wouldn't know. I'm not a dad, but I've noticed and I've observed that since my partner and I rescued Ginny, our, our rescue mm-hmm. dog. That is another outlet for him to show love. Mm-hmm. And she, she, she yeah. loves it, of course. And so I've experienced also just a shift in, in, well, in me too. That's an outlet for me to show love. I cuddle her and she loves it. She leans in and she licks our face. And it's like another way to express that love. And mm-hmm. same for him. Like he loves to lay with her and cuddle her. And as soon as she nuzzles her head into him, he's like, melting into a puddle and it's like that's just so important for all of us humans to understand that just those like even small mindful moments when you're connected to something you love 
to a person you love, to a pet you love. That's the example I love to use right now because it's true for my life right now. It's like, those are really important moments. That's how you, that's how you bond. I actually watched a show the other day. It's on ABC network and I'm on the topic of dogs because (laughs) whatever, I love dogs. Anyways, it's called mustard dogs. And it's a, it's a four episode show from Australia. And um, these, this uh, expert breeder uh, raises these puppies and gives them to five different farms around all of Australia. And uh, mustard dogs are what we here in North America would call like herding dogs. They are there to herd sheep. And mm-hmm. the experiment was, can these dog trainers train a dog in 12 months time where it usually takes them three years to learn how to be a mustard dog? And one of the important things that they had to do as a first milestone was called a Bluetooth connection. That's what I call it. We would call it bonding. The very first thing they had to do with their dogs is learn to bond to look each other in the eye mm-hmm. to create to hold them as much as possible to bring them around with you everywhere it was all about fostering connection and closeness and a bond so that you had the trust so then you can implement the structure to actually train the animal and I, i'm talking about animal psychology but I, I don't think it's even that different from what we need to do with our partners we need to connect with them we need to bond with them so that we can foster that trust and then go on and achieve great things in our lives. Because you know, the saying behind every great man is an even greater woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that yeah. great woman and great man have a really great connection. Yes. He trusts that he can go out there and unleash his powers on the world because he knows that she has his back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, chills. I'm so connected. I'm chicken chills. Me too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, I said, me too. I got chills. They're multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I, I, I actually, my partner said that I should just create like a weird Ali Yankovic album because I'm the type of person that will break out into song about random shit going on in the day. And he thinks it's funny. Thank God. Because I will just start singing a, like in the tune of a popular song but using words about whatever is actually happening and i you know i feel insane sometimes but he thinks it's funny so thank god most of the time he does um and it's just a weird outlet that i have (laughs) that's That's actually me expressing my emotion i have so much emotion that i it comes out in like a random song (laughs) that's that's why i I actually notice i notice sometimes like i'll notice songs playing in my head sometimes i sing them but like they'll be playing in my head and what I've realized is like, oh, there's some message in here mm-hmm. about like what's actually going on inside. Yeah, right. For sure. Yeah. Like um, for me, sometimes it's just chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Then you can listen to what's his name, like uh, Philip Glass. Who's that? Uh, he's uh, he's I don't know if you know Ira Glass, but Philip Glass, he's a composer who like he basically uh, um just like chooses rant i don't he okay. just chooses like really random and dissonant Got it. songs okay. like yeah you know so. sounds chaotic he, yeah it's chaotic um uh but you know i i and i feel, i know that like with my kids and with with like dogs <laughs> that i've had in the past like i'll be like i love you so much I don't yeah, know what yeah. to do. you know i'm like oh i love you so much yeah you know yeah. that's from that's also like if you've ever read the book of mice of mice and men there's that one character in the show that i oh, think lenny. has yeah lenny Little and rabbit. he like he he holds the rabbit and he loves it so much that he squeezes it to death Mm-hmm. And that I remember yeah. that as a very poignant lesson because, of course, like growing up as a young, tender-hearted girl, when an animal dies in any story, like it literally 
created a core memory for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I yeah, he, he couldn't, he didn't know how to control his emotions or express it in a way that was fair to the dog so he, or rabbits so squished it to death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and what, what, what a great metaphor for yeah. like the guys yeah. who like overshare. Like, yeah. oh. <laughs> like That's right. That like, actually, Ew. it's a great analogy because it becomes suffocating. It right. actually is a repellent and suffocating, which is why like I, I advocate like for vulnerability, but at the right time with the right person, because too much too soon will will repel a woman away. She'll run away from it because she doesn't know how to deal with all of that without having a, a good enough connection to you or like a commitment that you actually are a couple and, and you're going to be together. So it's like yeah. you're not going to just spill your guts and all your weaknesses and insecurity to a woman before you've even you know, learned who she is or decided that you have shared vision and share goals and like you want to do this with that person. Right. Um, and I lately I've been talking with my clients about how one thing that's in common with all of us human beings is suffering. And so mm. if you don't understand how to deal with suffering, you really probably aren't going to have a very good relationship and it won't last long term. So if you don't know how to deal with the shit, and how to manage through that with your partner, with yourself, then you're not going to have a long-term relationship because suffering will come. A parent will die. Right. A dog will die. You'll lose your job. You'll crash your car. You'll, you'll have depression. You're like, we all are going to have something, heart disease. Like it's going to be something. Yeah. So if we don't know how to deal with the shit, then as soon as the good times stop, you know, you're going to check out from that relationship. So you better right. know how to deal with difficult things. Simply. Yeah. And there's a lot of just suffering in everyday life. Like you yeah. want, you want to like get over a lane, but someone cuts you off, you know, mm -hmm. uh, or like, so you want, you, you really want, like you're with your partner and, and like, you really want to have sex, but she, she's exhausted. Right. You're like, suffering. Mm, suffer. <laughs> I really, really, I want it so bad. You know, <laughs> it's back to like loving the dog so much, but yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and I, yeah. I, I think like, you know, also connection. I just think about the dog thing and the holding and the petting, mm. you know, and the eye gazing, all of these things in mammals releases oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the exactly hormone, love hormone. That's why the, a lot of people out there just say like, um, I think I put a post out like three years ago on Instagram and it was like, hold hands when you're talking about the difficult things. Mm hmm. Hold hands. That will make actually a pretty big difference. Just holding your partner's hand versus again, like the analogy of your example, where like, you know, you're on the opposite side of the room with someone. Just hold 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 the hand. Have this connection between you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's do let's do a little some like some like tips and tricks for connecting. Okay. Let's do it. Right. Like someone holding hands or hugging, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Looking in each other's eyes. Look at it. Yeah. Yeah, looking at each other's eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. Um, like when I've done uh, other weekend uh, retreats with Dan, like he always starts off by like making the guys as made more and more part of it, just staring to each other's eyes, total strangers. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's hard. Total strangers, and like it, to facilitate that connection. And he says, like, well, you know, usually when we look into a man's eyes, it means you're gonna fuck or fight. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's really, so then, then he has these guys like get closer and closer and say like, really like the, like if you really knew me, you would know and say mm -hmm. something really vulnerable yeah. and it's amazing. And like a, four, a half hour exercise, like these guys are now a band of brothers. 
Mm -hmm. yeah fair enough they built a connection that never existed before or maybe they never had before right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the same thing why like when you have a new baby you look at the baby you connect with it you look into its eyes you form that bond like that is that's how you the touch and the the looking at each other like we're, we're such a society of disconnection in that way like because because of technological advancements like it's made communication easier in many forms but it's also led to this like paradoxical sense of disconnection because we're spending so much time on digital devices and like that's not a connection to someone like mm-hmm. we're, we're connected in a sense because we're looking right. at each other here on camera but it would be 10 times different if we were in the same room and right. when you had those feels earlier if I like put my hand on your shoulder we would feel that that spark between our bodies and that would have been a better connection than across a technological device right so yeah we we had chills at the same time when you were like you were really beautifully expounding and like you just had like the spirit flowing through you you know like (laughs) like you had chills I had chills I have chills now thinking about it you know like and that's that's just like a little example of connection you know yeah yeah so okay so back to the tips and tricks what are some things that that you would advise either for oneself or with their partner? Well, you know, you, 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 I was going to say, um, eye gazing. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, like, you know, any, like really, I mean, basically mainly, mainly I, I would say physical touch, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, uh, you know, holding hands, looking at, into each other's eyes and like, mm-hmm. you know, watch, even watching a TV show while cuddling. Yeah, right. having that con- the physical connection for sure. Yeah, yeah. The more skin I, to skin, the better. I, I think so too. And there's exercises like sensate focus, where you're prioritizing the touch and the comfort. And it's the whole purpose of sensate focus is not so that you are escalating to intercourse, but that you're just learning what feels good with your partner. So you could be totally fully dressed, and your partner could be fully dressed, and you're sitting like on the floor next to each other and you just start by holding hands and then you know one of you runs the hands up that person's arm and see what that sensation feels like and if the partner doesn't like it they'll let you know and then you move away and then maybe you then touch their knee and then their thigh and maybe go inwards and see well what does that feel like does it feel safe does it feel comfortable I'm connecting with your body I'm learning what parts of you you like me to touch what parts you don't like me to touch and again the intention is not to get naked and have sex it's just to connect with each other's bodies and you'd be surprised like there's certain parts of my body that I don't like being touched on I don't know why I don't know where it comes from I just don't and uh, and it can inadvertently hurt my partner's feeling if he comes near that part and I repel away There's nothing mm-hmm. to do with me not wanting him close to me it's like there are parts of our bodies that are more sensitive than others so when we can become more in tune with that with our partner by exploring their body and learning about them in a non-sexual way so you remove that pressure you learn to connect with somebody as well and connect with their body and I think that's a beautiful exercise to to consider too I think that and I think actually really respecting you know your partner as uh both a sexual being and non-sexual being yeah I mean that's something that I'm really working on because like you know my girlfriend is beautiful and like so I will like yeah I will be giving her a massage because her feet Mm -hmm. hurt her back hurts Mm -hmm. and then like I like get sexually aroused and 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 I and I I'm working I don't I'm still working on this but I'm like, (laughs) like hey I am aroused like I want you 
And I, and I also want to respect that you just get to be a person who's not a sexual object sometimes. That's right. Yeah. And the thing is that if the expectation becomes that every time I touch you, it leads to sex. This is where I will tell you that women will start to disconnect from just touch in general, because they, you create this expectation and pattern that, Hey, if my man is like rubbing my feet, then he's going to want to have sex. Well, don't even touch my feet then because I don't always want that pressure expectation. And, and so it's like, sometimes you got to just have non-sexual touch and then sometimes it does escalate and that's great. And if you're having sexual problems, well, then we have to have a different discussion on what needs to be done there. But it's just, you know, appreciating connection with your partner without always having an end goal in mind or something that you want or need. I mean, we, like, what would you like? Do you have any pointers? Like, I'm curious because like, you know, I'm, I'm I really want I think I think women are so like objective. I mean, I think we're all objectified, but I think women are so sexually objectified all the time and even when you're pregnant you're like considered like people just go come and touch your belly they think you're just yeah. a baby maker right <laughs> you're not a person anymore yeah yeah um like like how do men discriminate like how do we handle that how do we mm-hmm. deal with with like our libido and like I and think, trying think, to like yeah it's trial and error because I don't think there's a cut and dry and there's no cut and dry for how a woman might be feeling. And I think sometimes women need a little, little motivation to get in the mood because we are stimulated differently. So I think like if you are having touch and you start dick to feel, pics. yeah, and lots of dick pics. Oh yeah. Those, <laughs> they're so great. Um, so yeah, no, I get it. So send them, send them, send, everybody send me a dick pic. Please do not. <laughs> please do not. If you do, I will post it with your name. Okay. <laughs> so don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going up on the internet. It's going to be a social media page of dicks. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> if, if, if a guy sends a girl a dick pic, it means that he has no ability to see any perspective aside from his own. I, I think so. Like women don't really like them just to be fair. Like, you know, we would probably enjoy like certain visual images by you, but then we're all different. Some of us are more visually uh, turned on than others. So understand yourself is, is a good thing and understand your partner. But let's put you in that scenario where you're sitting on the couch with your partner, you're rubbing her feet, you move up her leg. You're like, okay, now I'm on. And it's like, well, this is where I think sometimes like even just checking in with our partner and just being like, hey, is that feeling good? And if she's like kind of gives you the moan or leans in, well, now, you know, like she's kind of getting there herself. And if she's like, oh, yeah, or she moves away or her body language tells you something different, it's like, well, she's communicating with you. Right. Um, and it, And I believe, though, sometimes like. I think I might have read this in a book by Cheryl is it Cheryl Fraser, Buddha's bedroom. Okay. It was five or something years ago. And she talks about mindful. Yeah. Cheryl Fraser, Buddha's bedroom. She talks about mindful sex. And I think it's her that says this in the book where she talks about how sometimes you kind of have to just start to then get in the mood. (laughs) So sometimes like women aren't like, I'm in the mood, let's go. And sometimes we are. And that also has a huge component to do with where we are in our cycle if guys can understand that women have cycles or four seasons each month when we are in our cycle where we are ovulating and producing more testosterone we might just be like i'm ready to go Mm -hmm. okay but then the other three seasons not necessarily the case we're 
for us up a little bit. Feed us some uh, ketchup chips beforehand or right. whatever. Get yeah. us going that way. Like, like, Tell us a story about a, what you're going to do. A, leave a trail of snacks to the bed. <laughs> I bet if you did that, it would fucking crack your partner up. If you <laughs> if you did it in the right time of the cycle, right? Like when we're, in, when we're in that summer mode, I heard someone describe it as like four seasons of the year. When we're in that summer mode, we're ready to go. We're really productive. We're boosting in testosterone and like we're like, yeah, get over here. I'm going to fuck you against the wall. But the other three, (laughs) there's other three seasons, not necessarily so much. So it's, you know, sometimes we do need to just like a kiss is a good way. A kiss often we forget sometimes kissing. And if it's, if you only kiss your partner, like a peck on the cheek all the time, then you're missing a way to really create sexual tension and desire. So if you can kiss your partner a little bit longer that usually can flick the light bulb on for a woman too. So I don't know, just something to try. And each woman is different yeah. and she need different kind of little bits of motivation. And it's, it's for each guy and each couple to kind of figure out with each other. But also I'm a big fan of sitting down at the appropriate time when you're not aroused and ask your partner, what turns you on? And what are your favorite ways for me to turn you on? Ooh, yeah. And that's a great question to ask. And then you have that information because for my partner, I bet that if I massaged him, that would turn him on because physical yeah. touch turns him on. So if he wasn't in the mood, I know I could get him in the mood by getting him on the bed and giving him a massage if that's mm-hmm. what I wanted. Right. And so we learn to understand well, what is it that makes our partner tick and how do they like to know? Because my partner told me early in the relationship that I was a little bit like a guy. I was like, yeah, let's do it right now. Like out of the blue. And he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm not really ready for that or whatever. Like, or like, you know, just maybe he just like finished jujitsu class and he's like, I want to have a shower, whatever the reason was. But I would be like, yeah, let's talk. Like all of a sudden he's like, huh? He's like, that's not really how I always want you to initiate. He's like, how about (laughs) try a little romance? And I'm like, okay. So I now am learning that maybe that doesn't work for him and that there are other things that I can do. Um, so it's it's learning your partner. It's learning how to work with your partner in those areas and having a conversation about it when there isn't the expectation of sex happening right then and there can be a really great way because how else do you learn about your partner either through trial and error or through dialogue, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, it makes me realize that actually like I do know you do know, and it, yeah. I, I I do know. Um, you may and not always just, want to do it. <laughs> it's just I don't. It's, I I don't like that. I don't. I want what I. You know. Yeah, I like get a, it. I want what I want. I don't want to not. I want to have sex with you. I want to make. Yeah. That, you know. And so it's, it's like you know. I I think it's just basically being like, all right. You know, her, her body language is not enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. You know, she just wants to be a person right now. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I actually, um, there's one therapist coach uh, that I follow on TikTok or whatever, Eli Harwood, and she says she doesn't teach her boys, her sons, to, or she's not going to teach her sons to ask for consent. She's going, she says, I want you to like check for enthusiasm, right? Watch the nonverbals for enthusiasm. Because- yeah, the nonverbal consent is what she's getting them to attune to, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I think that's what we're, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because a woman could be drunk and be like, yeah, she could just say, yeah, but her body is saying no. But but like, but when you, you touch her between the legs, she tightens her legs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, she doesn't want your hand there. 
Fair enough. Right. I, I teach just... I teach guys a lot too to look at a woman's foot positioning. So if you're oh, yeah. if you're talking to a woman and her feet are directed away from you, it's that it's her uncon like she wants to exit. That's her body moving in the way to make a safe, clean exit. But if she's facing you or she's comfortable in that space, then that's a good sign that not she wants to have sex necessarily, but she's happy in that space continuing the conversation. So you know, if you're dating and you're getting to know a woman and her feet are completely away from you and she's talking to you over her shoulder, it's because she wants to go that other way. She's like ready to go. She's ready to go. Yeah. yeah. She's like, bye. I want to be able to escape the situation because yeah. there's a uncomfortability that's happening there. Right. Right. Anyway, yeah, it's one, one, yeah, one piece. Smiling and looking at you and like, yeah. you know, giving you that, that let yeah. up the world smile. Yeah. Yeah. Because a woman could still be flirting with you over her shoulder, but still be wanting to exit. That's the, Ooh. that's where people get confused, right? Like I oh. remember working in, in Sydney, Australia, and I would like flirt with the guys in my office, but it wasn't a, I want to then have sex with you flirtation. Flirtation is also a fun way to communicate. You can be witty, you can be playful, you can make fun of people that you don't want to have sex with. And mm -hmm. so I would be fl flirty and playful with guys in the office, but sometimes my feet would actually be pointing the other way. It's like, I'm, I'm being playful, but like, hey, this is ending now and I'm going right. and I have other right. things to do. And so right. I think that's why sometimes we get mixed signals or we get confused or we think a woman is leading a guy on because maybe she is okay with physical touch or is happy to flirt with you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's a 100% solid. Well, now I also want to be physically intimate with you. It could just be her nature. Like my nature is to be quite playful and fun. And I remember that was a big part of the culture over there, but it didn't mean that I wanted to line every guy in the office up and take them home. Like it really didn't mean that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our, our our hopes and our and our wishes like, get very easily confused with reality. Yeah. And again, that's probably because you're not connected to that person because you're thinking about what you want versus being in tune mm -hmm. with that woman. So if you're not in tune with her, yeah. you're going to make an error from time to time. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, we're we're 10 past the hour. So we actually got to <laughs> find a way to wind this up. But it's been just so smooth and fun talking with you. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. What are some of the highlights? Connection, uh, different ways that you can start to begin connection, a men's group being an avenue for men to learn to connect with themselves, therefore others, honestly, so that you can have a relationship that's more intimate and loving and and so you don't feel crazy or disconnected because we don't want to yeah. be feeling that way um and i know you and i are we're exploring the idea of you know doing a men's group but having me as a woman involved in it and toying with that idea and that's something that you know we're obviously um you know brainstorming and working on how we could structure that and and uh connection would be a major theme of that and helping people learn how to do that um, but in a fun environment as well. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but to finish up, Ben, what, um, you know, what, what, what are you up to right now? Those that are listening that have really enjoyed the show that may want to learn a little more about you and your practice, like what, uh, what do you got for them? Yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, I dropped a few programs in, in March and April. And so um, I'm taking a little hiatus. Uh, my, you know, my girlfriend and her kids moved in and just transitioned transition to summer. But what they can really uh, reach me. Um, uh, my website's ben-redmond, R-E-D-M-O-N-D.com, mm -hmm. like Redmond, Washington. Mm -hmm. 
and that's that's where my website which is being updated is or they can just uh like follow me um mm -hmm. they can check me out on instagram or tiktok um instagram i'm at redmond.ben and um on tiktok i'm at imperfect parent coaching that imperfect parenting it'll be in your show notes yeah perfect we'll put the links in there you just click it and away you go yeah don't worry about yeah. it i have so many different names and handles too <laughs> i try yeah. and keep them all kimberlini in a hill because if i forget my own name i'm in real trouble but <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah i mean if, if you go to any one of those places you'll be able to find the other stuff but yeah and, and I, i've got more more programs up and coming um just uh you know nothing right now but people can reach out to me um just to, we can book an expl exploratory call um, yeah so you don't have like a, a group offering or something right now but you are taking clients for one-on-one -on -one work take coaching clients yeah yeah absolutely. okay good to know yeah yeah it sounded like you you, you were kind of on a freeze there for a minute but I, I understand that you've got different offerings one-on-one -on -one as well as as group things that you do yeah right yeah gotcha. and so, yeah. Uh, yeah so so I, I i'm still taking coaching clients I've got a couple spots open right now. Um, and uh, yeah, but like, you know, you can schedule a free exploratory call and, yeah. and then we can go from there. See, see, see what works. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Cool. So well, well, thank you for coming back on the show and just uh, indulging me in just a delightful conversation to start my day. And uh, I learned a lot from you and had fun exploring all the avenues we went down and Thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of the self-confidence project and look forward to bringing you another one next week. Ciao. Also awesome. Thank It's been a pleasure. Ciao. Bye-bye.